feel here tonight. In Jesus' name. If you have a Bible, let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and beginning at beginning at verse 35. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 beginning at verse 35. Paul asked the question, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come, no height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to, I want to talk about inseparable. Inseparable. You can be seated tonight. Here Paul begins to he begins to ask the question. He begins to say who who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I just before anything I want to talk about the love of God tonight because there's nothing like God's love tonight uh, that he has shown towards us. It's because of his love tonight that we are here, that we have an opportunity um, to call upon his name, an opportunity to lift up his name in spirit and in truth. And so I want to understand tonight that I am loved by a God that cares so much about me. God cares about what we're feeling tonight. God cares about where we are tonight. He cares about our state and physically as well as spiritually. God loves us and he cares about us. And so I want to talk about his love because I got to have a made up mind tonight that I refuse to allow anything to come between me and the love of God. I refuse to allow anything to separate me from the love of God. That's what it means to separate. It means for something to come in between two parties. Is it, it separates, it divides, okay? It causes there not to be harmony um, between the two. Um, but tonight, I have to have that made up mind that I want to be in harmony with God tonight. I want to be in sync with him tonight. I want to I want to be in line with him. I want to be as close to God as I possibly can. I want to be like John was when, when Jesus he, uh, he revealed to them at the Last Supper, he told them that there um, is going to be one that is going to uh, betray me. He's going to hand me over. And everybody at the Last Supper, they were, they were wondering, who is it? Who is it? And, and Peter uh, boosted John up to, to ask 
uh, Jesus a question and, and John, the Bible says that he was, he was known as the beloved, that, he, that God, Jesus loved him. He loved him and, and a lot of times through the, his writings uh, in the book of John, you'll find out that John doesn't name himself. That John, he refers to himself as that disciple that Jesus loved. And uh, John leaned over and he put his, his head on his chest and he asked him the question, who is it that is going to betray you? I want to be close to Jesus like that. I want to make it, make it up in my mind that I leave no room for anything to come between me and God. That I want to be as close to him as I possibly can. And so because God's love is the greatest love that you will ever experience in this life. There are a lot of people that are in search for love tonight. They are pursuing so many things. And the sad thing about it, there are people that are, they are lowering their standards in an attempt to try to find love. There are people that they are just settling for anything in this life and any kind of relationship. I know people that will stay in abusive relationships because they are looking for love. I want you to know that ain't real love tonight. I'm going to tell you, the love of God, God doesn't hurt any one of us. God is love, the Bible teaches us. And so I need to find out where I'm going to really find love at. And truth be told, I'm not going to find it in this world. I'm not going to find it in the barroom. I'm not going to find it in the clubs. I'm not going to find it hopping from relationship to relationship. I'm going to find out what true love is, is when I come in contact with Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. You find out that there is a love that surpasses the so-called love of this world, that it triumphs that. Um, you find out what real love is. And so we want to look at a couple of scriptures here tonight just to, to let us know how loved we are and just what God, what all he went through in, in displaying his love towards us. Now let's go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, and let's begin at verse, verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor chose you because ye were more in number than any people. Okay, so God is not concerned about numbers. That's not the reason why he loves us and why he reason he loves people. God is not, he doesn't base his love on those things. For ye were the fewest of all people. Uh, verse 8. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God's love is what pulled me out of the state of being in bondage. It's God's love that brought me out of the, the house of bondage. When I was in a state of slavery spiritually, it was God's love that caused him 
to reach down and pull me out of the state that I was in. How many are thankful that God loved you enough to deliver you and break some chains off of your life and pull you out of the state of bondage, to pull you out of the state of slavery? How many are glad that God didn't leave you in that state? David said it like this. He brought me out of the horrible pit. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my going. I'm so thankful that God loved me that much that he pulled me out of the horrible situation that I was in. I was once bound. We was once bound by things that we couldn't break free from. I talked about it this morning about spirits that will oppress people. Things that will people yield themselves to and they never think that those things will be the very thing that will turn around and enslave them and cause them to be in bondage. But I can stand here and testify that there were some things that I opened myself up to. And people warned me and said, you don't want to go that route. You don't want to go down that path. You don't want to listen to that kind of music. You don't want to look at those kind of videos. You don't want to hang around those kind of people. But I, I, I disregarded all of the warnings because, you know, and when you're young, you think that you got it all figured out. You don't need any help. You know, I got this under control, but we find out real quick that we don't have it under control and that the devil is standing ready to wrap our minds in chains where we can't have deliverance, where we can't have power, where we can't have the dominion that God has called us to have. I'm so thankful that God broke those chains off of my mind. I'm thankful that God set me free. He pulled me out with a mighty right hand. God delivered me. His love is what caused him to set me free. As God, I'm going to tell you, God is not willing that we stay in that kind of a state. God is not willing that you stay in a state of, of bondage, spiritually speaking. God is not willing that your mind be bound up and tied up because God loves you so much. The devil doesn't love you. The devil hates you. The devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants to wreck your life. He wants to tear it apart. The devil is trying to destroy things. You know God is trying to pull people out and begin to start establishing good things in people's life. But before, God, before uh, people can even get established in the things of God, the devil is already trying to tear things down and pull people back. Um, you see, they weren't even out of Egypt long enough, and Pharaoh was on their trail trying to pull them back. I'm telling you, the devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants to kill you, but God loves you so much that God has good and great things for you. I made up in my mind that I'm going to trust in God tonight. I made up in my mind I'm going to trust in his plan for my life. I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to stand on his promises because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am loved tonight. Jeremiah chapter 3, 31, I'm sorry, chapter 31, beginning at verse, verse 3. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. Listen to what he told Jeremiah. He said, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. 
How many know that you didn't come into the house of the Lord and you didn't come in contact with this truth of your own will? How many know that it was God's love that drew you to his truth? And God, I'm going to tell you, God's love is not like any other love. His love is everlasting. Everlasting means that it has always been that way. God has always loved you. God has always been mindful of you and I. And he told Jeremiah, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That means that there is nothing that I can do to, get, to lose God's love. God loves me despite my failures tonight. Now, everybody's not that way. Everybody's not that way. You'll find out that people's love is real shifty at times. That they say they love you one minute, and then they hate you the next. Okay? And, and, and it's real. It, it fades very quickly. I'm so thankful tonight that God's love is not like that. I'm so thankful that there have been times that I've made mistakes. There have been times that I've gone down the wrong path. But you know what? God still loves me. And God still loves you tonight. That's that agape love that the Bible, that it talks about. God loves us with an unconditional love. You can't do enough to wrong to get rid of God's love. Now, that's not a license to continue to sin. That's to help us to understand that, hey, we need to make some changes. We need God. Hey, I am loved tonight. I need to stop abusing God's love, and I need to be thankful about it tonight. I need to be thankful that God loves me when everybody else has walked out on me, when everybody else has turned their backs on me. One thing I know for sure, that God will never turn his back on me. He said, Lo, I'll be with you always. Always. Always means always. He is right there. You got to believe that. I got to believe that. I got to have faith in that. Because I'm going to tell you, God's love is like none other. And it surpasses. It surpasses any other natural love. And so the Bible tells us in, in uh, John chapter 3, um, verse 16, you find out that a lot of people jump to that scripture. And they neglect the, the scriptures before it, how Jesus tells Nicodemus on how to get into the kingdom of God. And that you have to be born of the water and born of the spirit. And you'll find out that all of that that he told Nicodemus, it leads up to the fact where he tells him that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And it's talking about how that God gave that flesh, that flesh he manifested himself in. He gave that flesh because he loved the world so much. He loved you and I. He loved everybody. How many know that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? God is not willing that anybody should lose out on eternal salvation. On salvation. And the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him would have everlasting life. And so that's the whole purpose, that God loves us so much that God wants us to have everlasting life. God wants us to be saved. That's the whole reason that he came. That's the whole reason that he manifested himself in flesh. And I'm talking about the love of God 
you'll find out that a lot of people will say that they love you. A lot of people will say that they care about you, but you'll find out that a lot of times that their love is not manifested. It's not manifest. It's not shown. Um, and you'll find out that it's, 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 it's real easy to say a lot of things, but when it boils down to it, it's going to boil down to my actions. It's going to boil down to what I'm doing and what I'm saying and how I'm acting. You'll find out that Paul told the church, he talked to them like this, and he was talking to husband and wives. He said that husband ought to love their wives as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Okay? And so there is a way that we are supposed to love one another in relationships. And you'll find out that there are relationships, there are marriages that are falling apart. And people say, well, we got, in, we got differences that we can't work out. But you know what the truth is? The truth is, is that people are not loving one another the way that the Bible teaches. The truth is, is that husbands are not loving wives the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Truth be told, women are not loving husbands to the point where they revere and they reverence and they respect their husbands the way that the church reverence and respects God are supposed to. And so it's, it's way beyond, it's a whole lot bigger than just having differences between each other. It's the fact that people aren't doing the, what the Bible says. And they're not building relationships based on how the Bible says. I'm going to tell you, I have a hard time at times. In, I, the, in this flesh, you know, my wife will tell you, I'm not the most affectionate person in the world. Yeah. And you know, I try, I try, I try, and so, but I feel, I, I see it like this, I have a lifetime to work on it, I have a lifetime to work on it, I have, I have until God calls me up out of here to work on it, so I'm, I'm working on it, I'm working on it, and so, um, but that's the truth, that's the truth of things, I'm going to tell you, love is, goes way beyond trinkets, okay, love is a whole lot, it goes beyond money, okay? A lot of people say, well, you know, the first thing women will say in, in, in this world, girl, look at this ring, look at the size of this ring, he loves me. Six years down the line, six months down the line, or a couple of years down the line, and you'll find out that situations occur, and things happen, and you'll find out that no amount of money can ever determine a person's love. You'll find out that trinkets do not determine that. It's a person's actions. It's a person's lifestyle. Okay? It's a person's behavior that determines that. Okay? And so, and it boils down to my, your love has to be manifested. Okay? God's love was manifested. Okay? Um, 1 John chapter, chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9. And he said, And this was manifested, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son, he came in that flesh, into the world that we might live through him. 
So we know that God loves us. It was manifested by his actions. God's actions. I'm going to tell you, every when you read about the crucifixion, I was talking to someone uh, this morning. There was, we was talking about uh, all the things that led up to him being crucified. And they started, we got to the point where we was talking about him on the cross and the things that he endured and went through. And they said, you know, I know, all, I know everything, and sometimes it's, it's hard for me to talk about it because I get choked up. And you know, you know what? When we read that and when we hear about it, we should get choked up. We should weep about it. Tears should flow down our eyes as we realize that God loved us so much. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, that means while you was doing your own thing, while you was living your life however you wanted to live it, while you were so selfish and about self and fulfilling your, our selfish needs and wants, God loved us so much that he thought about us while we were still in our sin that he made up in his mind that I'm going to go down and I'm going to redeem this lost people. I'm thankful that he loves me that much. I'm thankful that his love is not conditional tonight. I'm thankful that God loved me enough to come and pull me out of the pit that I was in. He come to pull me out of the mess that I was in. He come to break and destroy the yoke of bondage off of my life. His love was manifested. A lot of people say, well, I don't feel love. You need to know that you're love. And you need to know that God's word shows you just how loved you are. That God manifested. It was manifested. His love was manifested towards us. That he came in flesh into this world. So that we might live through him. I'm going to tell you, there's no life outside of Jesus. There is no life outside of Jesus. You can try to work it out and do it out on your own and, 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 and gain eternal life. But I'm going to tell you, without the name of Jesus, I'm going to end up lost. Without the name that is above everything, I'm going to end up on the outside looking in. But it's got to be in Jesus tonight. And so I'm talking about his love. And so Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Somebody got to make it up in their mind that they're not going to allow anything to come in between them and God. You got, because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people that are allowing things to come in. They're allowing certain spirits to get between them and God and the love of God. They're allowing this world to come in between and get between, to separate them from the love of God. There are people that are allowing unsaved family members to come in between and get in between and separate them from the things of God. There are people that are allowing trials, affliction, hardship, tribulation, persecution to separate them from the things of God. We talked about how that we're going to face persecution, how we're going to face, there are going to be hardships, there are going to be things that don't feel good to you, there are going to be conditions, states that you're going to be in, in this life that is not going to feel good to you. And I'm going to tell you, somebody got to make it up in their mind that they're not going to allow their current state to separate them from the love of God. They're not going to allow the hardship that they have to endure in this life 
to separate them from the love of God. I made up in my mind that I'm not going to allow anything. I'm not going to allow family. I'm not going to allow co-workers. I'm not going to allow people on the job. I'm not going to allow people on the, in the schools. I'm not going to allow anybody to separate me from the love of God. I have a made-up mind tonight that I'm going to stay as close to Jesus as I possibly can. Nothing I'm going to allow to come in between me and God's love. Nothing. And so... Paul goes down the line and he's asking the question. He gives us a list of some things. He said, who shall separate us from Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword? We talked about it last week and we, we've talked about it a couple of times, but you'll see that the disciples, the things that they had to endure, you know, I don't want to, I never try to make light of anybody's situation, okay? Even though Paul, the Apostle Paul, in referring to the things that we go through in this life, he called them light afflictions. He called them light afflictions. Because what you boil down to it, when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of it, we'll never suffer as much as Jesus did. Never. And so Paul, having this understanding, he talked about our afflictions and the things that we have to endure. He called them light afflictions. He called them light afflictions. And sometimes we think that, we, that our problems is the biggest thing in the world. It outweighs everything. And I'm telling you, I've been like that a time or two myself. That I think that what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with, it's the biggest thing. Nobody else knows what I'm dealing with. Nobody else knows what I'm going through. Nobody else knows how I'm feeling. And you'll find out that when people start thinking like this, they allow, they allow, the devil wants you to think that way. The devil wants you to think that way because the devil is trying his very best to separate you from the things of God. He's trying his very best to separate you from the love of God. But you have to read, when you read the scriptures, you'll find out that there were those that went through things that we could never or possibly imagine. You can't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine what I would be like if I right now my state was like Job's. I don't know what my mindset would be right now. I'm, I'm being very honest with you. And you'll find out that in Job's affliction, in Job's hardship, you'll read it. His wife came to him and said, curse God and die. I'm going to tell you, there was a devil that, was that spoke through that woman trying to separate him. And he looked back at her and said, you sound like a foolish woman. He said, shall we receive good from the hand of God and not receive evil? He said, naked I came in this world, naked I'm going back out of this world. You got to realize, you came in this world with nothing, and when it boils down to it, when it comes down for you to leave this world, you're going to be stripped down to nothing. You ain't taking nothing with you. So I got to make it up in my mind, blessed be the name of the Lord. Regardless whether I have or 
regardless where I don't have, I will still bless the name of Jesus. I will still magnify the name of the Lord. I will still praise God. I will still live for God with all of my heart. I will still pray. I will still read my Bible. I will still come to church. I will still praise God with all of my heart. I will still do that. I will. Because guess what? I didn't come in with nothing. And when I leave, I'm going to be stripped down. Nothing will I take with me. Nothing. And so Job, in going through all of he lost everything. You talk about every, losing everything. And some will say, well, my goodness, it can't get no worse than that. Well, guess what? It did. Not only did he lose all of his possessions, not only did he lose his children, can you imagine that? I can imagine the pain of losing one child, but can you imagine losing numerous children at the same time, your entire family? You talk about what your mind would be like. All of that, one day, wife goes crazy, and now his body, 